0: Amen. Somebody said amen, so we must be good, right? First of all, if you're new at North Glencoe, um, I'm sorry you get to hear me and not Pastor Tom this morning. He'll be back next week, so hang in there. Um, uh, But I just want to say, before I even get started today, um, a little bit on my heart this morning. I want you to know, I take for granted, and I think sometimes we do, um, what we have here at this church. We take for granted the pastor we have at this church. We take for granted the youth we have at this church. We take for granted all the people that serve at this church, amen? Not every every day you get to wake up, you get to come to a place where you walk in the door and it's not an uncomfortable place. People actually, they love you, they, they actually interact with each other on real life situations. You're not alone in this world, amen? But this morning there's, there's something that I'm going to talk about, so if you'll just... Hang with me for a minute. It's the second week of Advent, and as we take time to focus on the birth of Jesus during this Christmas season, and do you realize that we have 21 days left until it's Christmas? So who's got shopping done? See, I knew there'd be that one or two that raised their hand, and they did their shopping. And then there's the rest of us, like me and my wife, that last year we sat for Christmas. We said, next year, we're going to start buying gifts every month right? Every month. And that way when Christmas comes, we won't be overwhelmed. And then who does that though? Nobody. But we try. <laughs> we try so hard. Here's the thing. I wonder, we count down Christmas, we count down all these days, but I wonder if we knew for real this morning how many days we had left to live our life, if we had lived live our life differently. Would you seriously live your life differently if you knew? The hard truth is no one knows what tomorrow holds, but we are certain that Jesus is coming back. Now, I want you to think about this. From, from We've heard it over and over that we're in end times. You'll hear some people try to prophesy uh, where exactly it's going to happen. They, they look at things that have already happened. And Pastor Tom said last week, he said, if you find somebody that tells you uh, they know the hour that he'll return, you can call them out. They're fake, because no man knows the hour, not even the angels know, but we do know every day that passes, we're closer of His return or me and you being closer to seeing Him face to face, amen? And so I wonder, since we do know that, and we do know He's coming back, and we do know people around us don't know this, Jesus, when we meet for Christmas or we, we meet for Thanksgiving, We meet one time a year for me and my family, some of those that I only get to see once a year. And we come in and we smile and we hug and and talk for a minute. But usually the conversation that I've never experienced is Jesus is the sinner. It's usually not. And so it got in my heart this year. I was like, I I know he's coming back. And I know from my family, there's some that don't know this Jesus. And so the last few months, me and my my cousin, uh, and it's just good what God's doing. My cousin has came back and we've got to... Get close together in this church. Matt, would you stand up real quick? Watch this. I'm going to do it to you. Stand up real quick. Y'all give him a hand just for standing up. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because it was an honor, Thanksgiving Day, what I got to do with my cousin. We sat down and I said, Matt, I said, I got to ask you something because we meet together once a year for Thanksgiving. I said, and if we really say that we love our family, I said, why do we not ever stop and talk about Jesus? While we're eating. Why do we not ask? Do do people really know him in our family? I said, we've gone to 2003 or 2001. We went through something where we lost a cousin. We lost him at at a young time in his life. We went through hard times. And at that moment, Jesus was the center of of the topic. But then for years and years, that was it. So me and Matt said, okay, this Thanksgiving, let's stand up and, and let's just tell how good Jesus has been in our lives. And I saw my cousin stand up and give a testimony, and I watched the whole family. They were amazed at what God can do with somebody like Matt Knight. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. But what I'm saying is, we. why do we wait? If we really want to, if Jesus is coming back, why don't we get busy and start sharing the gospel? Because it's hard, is it not, to share the gospel. I don't know why it is the way it is, but... To share the gospel sometimes at a back you in a corner, you can try to be bold and, and confident. But if you're not prayed up and ready, for whatever reason, it's very nervous. But I'm here to tell you it's worth the time to share with people. God knows what he's doing. He's in control. And just recently, just recently, I just lost my, hold on, here we go. Just recently... I was, God orchestrated something where I got to go to Raglan to share. Every Thursday, Brian Allred is the coach in Raglan. He called me and said, he said we're going to start something on Thursday night. He said, I would like you to come and talk to the football team. I said, okay, I can do that, I can do that. So I started going to Raglan and I can remember the first time going up there, how the devil began to lie to me saying, there's no reason for you going up here. You might as well turn around. They're, they're not going to listen to what you got to say. And I started thinking, am I wasting my time? Lord, or why do you have me going up here? So I went up there. I shared that Thursday. And then I shared the next week following. And the third time I shared, I, I, I started thinking again. So I turned the car around. We, will the youth even hear what I have to say? Will they truly hear what I have to say? And I remember as I went in and I shared, a, a young gentleman when I got done, he came to me afterwards, and he looked at me and said, can I talk to you just for a minute? And I said, sure, we go outside. And he said, hey, listen, when you were talking about Doubting Thomas and some of the things you were talking about, he said, I doubt all the time, and I'm really struggling right now with things in my life. And me and him connected because I'm a recovering drug addict, and he was dealing with some things that was hard with at the time. And I said, look, God still loves you. He still has a plan for you. And so we began to share back and forth. And I knew at the moment he started getting ready, he said, "I, I want today, I want to call on him today, and I want to know that I have salvation. And I looked at him, I said, let's pray, man, let's pray. And he looked at me and said, well, how do, how do I pray? And then it hit me. That's what we're dealing with. A generation that they don't know if it's okay to pray. They don't know if they're, they're, they're worthy enough to pray. And the, the thing of it is, we're praying because what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, not because how good we are. And I said, look, just talk to him like you're talking to me. Just call on him. I said, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He looked at me, and he smiled, and he, he called on the name of the Lord. And I can tell his mom today, I saw him call on the name of the Lord with everything. He called on the Lord. And so I got to see this happen, and then I got to go keep going a few weeks later. And though about two weeks ago, I get a phone call. I get a phone call from Brian. It's a text, and he says, uh, so-and-so we, uh, lost his life this morning and I said whoa whoa, whoa!" I said hold on I said not 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 the guy that I got to talk to right not the one that I prayed with outside he said yeah that's that's him they found him this morning and there were some things that went wrong and but my heart was hurting I said God what are you doing like God I don't understand like he I saw him call on you I saw him confess with his mouth, and I, I saw him, he, he caught on you, and he believed you got on the cross for his sins, and now this morning he's gone. I, I don't understand, did, did he not get it? Did, what went wrong? And I started questioning God. I was like, God, what, what are you doing? Was it, was it worth me even going up there? I don't, I don't understand. And Then the devil, he, he has a funny way of how he'll to try to deceive us. He comes to steal everything we do. He comes to kill and destroy. That's what he does. And ever since the fall of man, ever since Adam and Eve in the garden at the fall, ever since then, we've been trying to work our way back. Everything changed that day. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you this morning. I thank you for every heart that's in this room. Father God, I pray this morning. That your Holy Spirit would speak. There are so many lives in this room with different backgrounds, Father God, but I pray that your word and your scripture would ring true this morning. That our hope would be found only in you. Father God, we love you. We need you more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 11. We'll start with verse 1. It says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall bear in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. In 1 through 5, you see the character of jesus which is the shoot of jesse and i'm glad to know that jesus knows what he's doing because sometimes i look around at the world and if you're like me i get caught up looking around a lot and i question a lot i get caught looking around at what's going on and i say really what is seriously going on god do you know what's happening are you in control and if you look around so many different things are happening if you look at the election this year it was split right down the middle. I mean, you were up late watching to see who got in because we are equally just about divided on where we stand. And then, if, when we're equally divided, you start looking at things going on. And let's just get real. You got, I mean, through the summer, we had shootings every other day. It was another cop was killed or a cop killed somebody. And then you had uh, riots breaking out and you had people standing up in protest. There was violence everywhere. And you look around and go, wow, what is really going on? On, We went through, we, this past year, you had trans, transgender bathrooms, right? We had an uproar about all this. North Carolina got where they, if they allowed a man into a woman's bathroom, it was not against the law because uh, it would offend the civil rights and all these different things. And you're going, what? What's really going on? But we can't say a whole lot because if we say a whole lot about where we stand and what we believe in, you might offend somebody, And that's all well because we got to do everything out of love. And I start questioning God, what's he doing? And then I have to remember, he's wise in his counsel. He knows what he's doing. And sometimes me and you look at it and say, God, I don't know what you're doing for real. I don't don't understand it. I can remember last year when I saw, um, it was Bruce Jenner on ESPN. Me and my son got up watching ESPN and watching sports. And all of a sudden, Bruce Jenner comes on. And I'm watching this story unfold. Before my son's eyes, and we're watching about how he's a hero, she's a hero, and he asked me. My son looks at me, and says, "Dad, what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, is that is that right? Are we supposed to applaud that?" And I had to take my son to the word, and I had to said, "Son, we're we're in some dark times, but God knows what He's doing. Here's the point, though. He is a righteous judge." And I'm glad he's the judge and I'm not. Because I retaliate out of anger. Anybody else sometimes? Out of anger. You don't get your point across. You want to be heard. And, and sometimes it is the word of God and we line it up with the word, but sometimes we want to scream it at the top of our lungs and hit somebody of the head with it, right? But we want to be heard. And so my son's questioned all these different things and I was telling him, and I, I can remember that day getting on Facebook and, and Pastor Tom had to get on me about getting on Facebook a little too much. <laughs> he said, well, hold on, Garrett, you get on there a little too much and say a little too much. I'm opinionated sometimes, sorry. But I got on there and I questioned some of the things that was going on that morning that I saw on ESPN. And immediately, my wife said, be careful, don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put that on there. Be careful how you respond. And immediately, I said too much, I judged too quickly, and before I knew it, I had people coming back. And all of a sudden, I had people saying, Garrett, how could you... How could you judge like that? How could you say the things you said? And how could anybody ever come back to the vibe ministry after you said some of the things you said? And I went back and I looked, and I really was just speaking my heart, but I did it out of the wrong motive. I just wanted, it, it angered me, and so I took it a different way. We're in dark times. We are in dark times. The word simply says, it says, in the end times, right will look wrong, and wrong will look right. We're in those times right now. But he's still in control. He knows what he's doing. The day that I questioned God about saying, God, what are you doing? It says here that he's a fair judge. He's righteous. But what is he doing? with When I lost that guy that day when the football team lost that boy, I thought, what are you doing? But yet, good came out of it. You understand that Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for the good for those that love the Lord. Now sometimes I do, I say that verse sometimes and people think it's just going to work out great and wonderful. No, sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's difficult. You can ask this youth group right here. They've been through a lot in this past year. They are ready to get to a next point, but the first of the year they lost somebody that they, were, that they were close to and they had many questions. How could God do what he did? How could, how could a young, young kid lose his life at such an early age? We didn't understand what he was doing, and sometimes we still have questions that we want answered. Just the same when we lost the boy the other day at the football team in Raglan, but yet this is what I know, that God is doing something through that. You have youth group now that, because they went through hard times, they stand on the word of God, and now they confess Jesus Christ because what they went through. God turned it. He used it, just like he's using the same thing in Raglan. He used that same story because he is... Righteous, and he knows what he's doing. He is wise, much wiser than me and you will ever be. Verse 6 says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and a little child shall lead them. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. When I first read that, I read that, and and I thought, that's mind-blowing. Like, I had to read it over and over again, because I I began to think. I said, okay, all right, hold on. So, we're looking at, at a child over a cobra okay first of all that don't even make sense that's too radical i don't understand that you know what i mean like sin has done something to the world that even the animals are not in the right alignment now think about what what it's saying right here that one day it's going to be okay for a child to be around a cobra but right now you know as good as well as i do if my son Grayson, if i was like hey Grayson, what are you doing he's like oh i'm just uh i'm over here playing with a rattlesnake you know what i mean that ain't going to work. <laughs> I'm mean, like, whoa, 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 hold on, what? You're doing what? No, no, that's not going to work. But something's suppressed. The, the sin of the world has caused even, even the animals don't even act right. So how, if the animals can't even act right, how are me and you supposed to act right? We look around at a generation and, and we see that, that it's lost, but what are me and you doing to change it? What are we truly doing to change that? in the schools, at your workplace, are you, are you actually confessing Jesus Christ by the way you lived your life? Or do you just show up on a Sunday or, or a Wednesday service and play the game we all p- always play and then, and then go back into the world? Because I'm telling you, there's a dying generation around us. I went through McDonald's just last week and my son had to call me out once again because as I drove through, it was windy that day, it was that the weather was looking rough and I drove through, and uh, there's a girl that always, when I go through, she's always smiling, but I've always known I need to tell her about Jesus, but I never have. And that day, she said, it could be end times. I said, it looks crazy. And she said, I'm always worried about end times, but that's why I always love people. And she gave me this list of things that she does, but she never mentioned Jesus, not one time. And the Holy Spirit prompted me, tell her, tell her about me. And I didn't, because for whatever reason, once again, sometimes we back down when it's time to share the gospel. And I can remember pulling off. Austin looked at me, and I knew what he was going to (laughs) say. He looked at me and said, "Dad, why don't you tell her?" (laughs) I mean, you heard you heard the same thing I heard. You could have told her. I mean, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you may be younger, but you could have you could have told her too. We have to get to the place where we start loving people like he loved. Here we are at Christmas, and I know, I know that we're going to get fast-paced. I know we're going to get in that hurried-up thing where we got to get things done. But why don't we really stop long enough and talk about what really matters? The birth of Christ. He came. And then he paid the price for me and you. He took it all on so me and you didn't have to. It's a free gift. We all know he's coming back. We all know that he's coming back, and we, we talk about these times, but what are we doing about it? We have got to get busy with spreading the gospel. We have got to get busy with changing the way the schools right now. I look and I'm, I'm starting to see progress, though, because you see all of a sudden you see schools like Glencoe, And I'm going to talk about Glencoe for a second. It's okay, Hoax Bluff, we're all doing it. But all of a sudden, they're having at 7 o'clock. They're beginning to have, they're having class at 7 o'clock, right? And you can go, and the gospel's getting preached. And now all of a sudden, you're seeing things like the field of faith. At the beginning of the year, they had a field of faith where it was youth-driven, and they were talking about Jesus, and it was, there was youth everywhere. It's time for me and you to get busy Laying down our lives like He laid down His life. We say we follow this Jesus. We say we follow Him, but yet sometimes we never even open our mouth about the gospel. We've got to. We've got to stop long enough. We've got to start praying with people. We've got to go into places and say, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. Just like this morning, I was so nervous getting ready to prepare to speak, and then I was started thinking this morning, I said. He already came and he already paid the price for all of us. It's not my performance this morning that's going to save anybody. It's the Holy Spirit. It's his word that's going to preach. I don't have to preach. The word will preach itself. It comes down to me and you. Are we going to commit? Are we going to say yes to him and are we going to follow through with what we say? We don't just play the game with like I just want to get I just want to get in heaven. I just I just want to, that that's one thing, but don't you want to tell other people about this Jesus? Everybody in this room right now, you know people in your family. You have friends around you that you know they don't know this Jesus. We have people in our families that it's been hard to preach the gospel to them. And so we've backed away from doing it. But yet, this could be the crucial year where somebody comes to know Jesus because you don't quit. Because you keep going. I mean, if you think about this Jesus that we follow, the one that's coming back he is coming back, then we would get to work. And yeah, it's going to be hard. And yes, there's going to be persecution. And yes, there's going to come times where the devil will tempt you in every way possible. But I want you to remember who we're following. In the garden, garden, Jesus prayed how many times? Three times he prayed. Three times he prayed and he asked the Father if there was another way. He said, Father, is there there another way? He knew what he was about to endure on the cross. He said, is there another way? Can you take this cup from me, Lord? Is there another way? But if there's not another way, I'll do it. And then he walked away from the prayer, and he came back and prayed a second time. Have you ever prayed for something over and over because your heart grieved about it? Jesus prayed to the point where he began to bleed through his prayer. And he knew it was going to be hard, and he said, you know what? They're worth it. Everybody in this room, they're worth it. It matters. One day we're going to run out of time. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say it's tomorrow, but one day I promise you it's going to be a done deal. And I believe in all my heart he is trying to wake up a nation like never before. He is trying to say, listen, I'm ready. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And then get in the fight. Get in the fight now. Don't wait any longer. This is the crucial year. I'm seeing, and I'm just going to be real right now, I'm seeing more recovering drug addicts finally say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm seeing people, I'm telling you, I'm seeing people that I doubted in my life where I thought they'll never change. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing Jesus do a work in their lives. I'm seeing clear eyes. I'm seeing people finally getting the the word of God. I'm hearing it. I'm finally seeing people go after Jesus with everything, and they're making a difference. But now here's what I don't want to see. People listen. Some say, well, I've been following Jesus for years. I've been doing this a long time. Well, amen and keep doing it. And thank you for doing what you do every year. We are a living testimony. Revelations 12, 11 says what? They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their... I'm telling you, this church is ready. This church and this community is ready to start revival like never before. If you will look at just how, how this whole thing has been orchestrated from the time that I even came here, there was things going on that you were trying to get past. You had a pastor that was doing mission work, and when he came here, he didn't really understand the plan exactly, but now look what's happening in this community. We face stuff every day like disease, cancer, and that's when I say the things that I don't understand sometimes, and I say, God, I don't understand this, but it says even in your word right here. That you are wise and you are righteous, but why yet do some of us have cancer to this day and we're not delivered from it? My stepdad is going through it right now. They drive every week. They go to Dallas every week to get treated. And my stepdad, just last week, we're talking. And I asked him, I said, as tough as it is, I said, do you know with all your heart that God used this for you? He looked at me and said he wouldn't trade it for the world. Now, hold on. He wouldn't trade the cancer because the cancer came. What the devil tries to use to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus, Jesus takes it and uses it for the good. And now my stepdad, and I don't mind to say it, my stepdad, he didn't know the Lord. He didn't have that joy in his heart. And now that he knows the Lord, he has true joy in his heart. He gives it away at work and all the places he goes. And cancer does not stop him. So I'm saying to people, even in the room, when you're dealing with this right now and going through things and saying, God, I don't understand this, you got to realize and you got to say he's got a plan for you. He's got something good going on. There is glory yet to be seen. I know it gets tough. And I have questions. We all have questions. But I'm telling you, this church revival is breaking. It's breaking out. And it's two things. You either can get in or get out of the way. One of the two, you got to either get it plugged in with this or get out of the way because God's moving. He's moving. And don't let this be a year. Don't let this be a year, this Christmas season, where you just go through the motions, where you just go through the motions and saying, you know what? I'm going to get plugged in. I'm going to serve. I'm going to start doing things, but I'm going to wait till next year. I'm just not ready yet. There are people in this room that you know without a doubt God's been getting your attention. These past months, he has been getting your attention. You have been through some things, and you have questioned a lot. But now today, you know without a doubt, he's ready to use you. He is ready to use you. Romans 15. Verse four says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who rises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope. Everything happens in your life for a reason. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? If you truly believe that everything in your life happens for a reason... There's no reason to continue questioning what God's done for you. There's no reason to sit there and look at God and say, God, what are you doing? He's in control. He's coming back. He's coming back for me and you. We have to get busy. I'm telling you, the day is going to happen, man, when he's going to say this time, and the doors will shut, and there'll be no more opportunity. There'll be no more opportunity to cry out to him and say, you know what? I do want to live for you. Don't wait. Do not wait until that day when you see him face to face and say, oh, hold on, give me a little more time. I need a little more time. No, no, no. Make the decision now. Make the decision before it is too late, before that time does come. Because everyone in this room, every single one of us have a purpose. Everyone has a purpose in this room, whether whether you're 10 years old, whether in the youth. You don't have to be the pastor, and you definitely don't have to have the microphone in your hand. If you want to be used, today's the day where you say, God, use me. Use me. I want you every day. I want want to come closer to knowing you because when he does return, when he does come back, don't you want to be already serving him when he gets here? Don't you already want to be involved in what he's doing? He says, one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Go ahead and Confess. Go ahead and put all the chips into this one thing because, look, if you're in game, if at the end of the day, if it came back and they said, well, it was a lie, it should run and wreck your life. It should wreck your life to the point because you were all in and following Jesus. You weren't reserving anything because you knew the gospel was the truth. You know the gospel is the truth. So today, if, if it's you that God's been knocking on that door, if he's been calling you, and then this youth group, I'm just going to keep talking saying to this youth group, this youth group, God has got such a calling on your life. I'm watching on Wednesday night, I, that service has nothing to do with me. It's all about you guys. It's all about you guys being willing and saying yes to what Jesus has for you. I'm watching your schools begin to change because of the youth group that we have in this church. Do you believe that? You guys are making a difference. I'm standing, the leaders, we're standing in awe, saying we are watching you guys. It's you guys that go out in the schools and invite people and love on people. When people walk into these doors, we should be the first person to give them a hug and say, hey, welcome here. Welcome to this place called church because we are the church. Amen? With all eyes closed, Father God, we just come to you. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in this community. Father God, I thank you for always knowing what's best and being in control. Father God, I pray for the one in this room right now that's been questioned and have been doubting. Father God, have been just in that place where they're saying they need a touch from you. They need a touch from you this morning, Father God. Their families need revived this morning. Father God, I pray that this will be a morning that they would come to this altar and they would say, Father God, I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to follow you and what you have for my life. Father God, we need you more than ever in this community. We need you more than ever in our country right now, Father God. Father God, if there's one, just one in this room today that's struggling with their identity and who they are, Father God, I pray today would be the day that they turn to you. They would turn to you and say, thank you, Father, for sending your son to die on the cross for me. Father God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.